This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. It's a privilege to be asked to minister in this conference. And so many men of God have already spoken and the word has come forth in the power and the action of the Holy Spirit. The challenge of being almost the last speaker is that sometimes you, you don't have much to say. But I do believe that uh, there's something that God would like us to, to cover as we close the session. So it's really an honor to um, serve God by serving the vision of Pastor Tom and Pastor Bonnie. And, you know, God often works by assigning you to a visionary so that you may find your vision as you save another man. Amen? You know, I, I think we're celebrating 40 years of celebration churches international as a church. And I think I... I think I hear the Spirit says, saying, you are 40 years old, but there remains much land to possess. We, we can celebrate the past and not realize there's much land to be possessed. I'm not, uh, I'm not a prophet, neither am I a son of a prophet. But I seem to hear the Spirit saying, My hair shall hashbaz. Be swift to the spoil. Be quick to the plunder. I believe as we enter into this, to the 41st year, it's speed, it's spoil, it's hasten, it's plunder. And I believe God is going to do a great work in this season. So I want to just challenge Celebration Churches International and say, be ready to run. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, away from those kinds of things. But, you know, on, the, on Sunday, the 7th of February, 1982, in a little schoolroom, I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ from Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. And I remember I walked down to give my life to Jesus. It's been 40 years now since that day. And, and looking at the records of the ministry, I realized that the first service of Celebration Church was in March of 1982, a month after I gave my life to Christ. I've been looking back at those 40 years, and I, and I, and, and I was thinking, you know... I, 
I was born again at a place and a time where, where we experienced the power of God. Where we saw God do things. But as, as we got familiar, we were comfortable without the power. When I look back at and looking at the history of this ministry, it was birthed in power. But I begin to have a sense that we we're now depending on our power to organize. We have moved away from the power from in, within which we are birthed. And Pastor Tom often says that you can only maintain something the, the way you obtained it. If celebration churches were born in was born in power, we can only maintain it by going back to the power. And as, as I reflect, I, I, I've had experiences and I've seen things that some things would concern me. I, I remember two weeks ago, somebody called me and she said, you know, I am a Christian. I'm really worried. I don't know what to do because I've just discovered that five of my friends have a habit of going to witch doctors. And yet they are Christian. Yet they are born again. Yes, And, and they talk about openly. They are unashamed. I think about a year ago, a lady called me and said, Doc, I need help because I, I, at some point I had problems in my life. And because I had problems, I went to these white garment guys and they, they tried to do things to me. And I, I didn't like it and I walked away. But ever since, I have some very nasty sexual dreams. And I begin to ask myself, why have so many believers begun to dabble in spiritist activities? You know, it's very easy for us to stand and begin to, to, to judge uh, the, the, you know, the, these fake prophets and these uh, uh, divin, diviners who are pretending to be prophets. But as a pastor, I stop and ask myself a question. Why are our members going to diviners? It's because there's no longer power in our pulpits. You see, they, they are seeking the power of God, and they can't find it in the church. We now have a form of godliness without the power. Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. This is what the Bible says. Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem, until you are endued with power from on high. He says, behold, I send you the promise of the Father, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued, until you are clothed with power from on high. And today I want to speak to you on a topic entering into the promise of the Father. I believe the church cannot go the next mile, cannot achieve what God has called us to do, cannot have the impact that, we, that God wants us to have, cannot have the growth, cannot have the increase that it expects until it walks in the power of the promise of God. God made a promise, the Father made a promise, and we need to enter into that promise. Because you see, when you look at the book of Acts and you look at the early church, they only did what they did because they entered into the promise of the Father. 
And yet many of us as believers, particularly Pentecostals, Charismatics, Third Wave Christians, we know about the Holy Spirit, but we don't know the promise of the Father. We have come to a point where we've begun to associate the infilling of the Holy Spirit, uh, to associate the power of the Holy Spirit with just speaking in tongues. But the promise of the Father was never tongues. The promise of the Father was to say, tarry in Jerusalem until you are clothed with the power, until the church is moving in power. When you look at the church in the book of Acts, it walks in power. Those people understood that it was not the tongues, it was the power. And yet the church today is walking in tongues, filled in tongues, but still walking with the diviners, filled with tongues, but no miracles, filled with tongues and no experience of God until the church has to go to Nangas to encounter power. And I say to myself as a minister of the gospel, I'm embarrassed of what we have become. 40 years, we need to enter into the promise of the Father. We need to experience, we need to wait, we need to tarry, we need to come to that place where the power of God become is released. You know, it's easy to critic the diviners. It's easy to critic the, 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 those, the, the fake prophets. You know what they would respond? They would simply say, it's just jealous. We have power, you have nothing. No, when you look at redemption history, the, a kingdom is known for two things. It's known for its power and it's known for its economy. When, when a king has people, they, they show their military might, they show their strength, they display their wealth. And yet we as a church in this day and age, we neither have the power nor the wealth. We are a kingdom which is weak. We are a kingdom which is despised. That's why the diviners can look at us and laugh at us. But I believe after 40 years, we need to move into the promise of the Father. You see, we can pursue the land of Canaan. We can pursue all these other promises. But for me, I want the promise of the Father. Acts chapter 1 verses 4 and 5, this is what Jesus says. He repeats the same thing. He's risen from the dead. And he says, and being as, and the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verses 4 and 5, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with the water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from hence. So you are saying the promise of the Father is the promise of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but when I read these scriptures, I hear what God is saying. He's saying the one thing that God promised when he left earth, he promised the Holy Spirit. He promised the power of the Holy Spirit. And yet we dare to go in without the Holy Spirit. We dare to go in without power. We have guts. You know, God would not create the world until the Holy Spirit hovered. Until without the power of the Holy Spirit, God did not even start the work of creation. Jesus would not even start his ministry without being clothed with the Holy Spirit. Until the Holy Spirit came, Jesus would not do anything. And yet we have the gas to go in without the power. We give the gas to go in without the promise of the Father. The apostles would not even start. He says, wait until you are clothed with power. And yet, as a minister, I'm comfortable. 
to go without that power. We need to enter into the promise of the Father. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you shall receive power. Now, now, most of us, when we read Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it's like when we shall, when you shall receive tongues. I know, I know from a theological perspective that yes, when we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you see, it's just evidence. The purpose of being filled with the Holy Spirit, the purpose of the power, the promise of the Father is not the speaking in tongues. It is about power because the kingdom is about power. You see, when the demons challenge you, they say, show me your power. Show me what you have. And the church is silent. We need to begin to go back and say, Lord, we were born in power. You see, we, when we try to grow churches, we are trying to use human wisdom. But Paul says, I did not come to you with the wisdom of men, with the enticing words of the wisdom of men, but I came in the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. It is time for us to go back to that point of walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. It is time to say as a minister of the gospel, I will not go without the power of the Holy Spirit. As, a, as somebody in the marketplace, to say, Lord, I'm not going to move without the power of the Holy Spirit. See, are we entering into the promise of the Father? He says, wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power. You know, there's something very embarrassing about the church. Let me not talk about the church. Let me talk about myself. You know, I was born in Pentecost. I was born. And the, the day I got born again, I was immediately healed of a disease that was already affected me for, I mean, for, for over 13 years. Immediately, nobody laid hands on me. I actually discovered it by mistake that I was healed. Three weeks later, I discovered I was healed. But I got to a point as I walked the walk of faith where because I had prayed for some people, I had done some things, nothing had happened. I began to, to reduce my theology. I began to give excuses. There was time when we would hear the voice of God. And then there was a time when, when I, would, I would avoid, when Pastor Tom called people from, from the, for the presbytery, I would avoid joining the presbytery because I was saying, what if I'm praying for somebody and I have no word? I began to create a justification because I was avoiding walking in power. I was avoiding paying the price to walk in power. I want you to understand if we have to go the next mile, if celebration churches have to achieve what God has called it for, we need to go back to the power of the Holy Spirit because the Father promised. He says you cannot go without the power. Wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power. And we, we have come with all these kind of excuses, all these kinds of things to justify our importance, to justify our lack of power. We begin to say, oh, you know what? As long as I love God, as long as God is moving, and we, we are a word people, a word people without power, that word is useless. We need to go back to the place of entering into the promise of the Father. You, you, you know, I, I, I don't know how, how I should say this. 
We, 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 we begin to say, because we have seen so many lying wonders. Now we are embarrassed to be associated with the power because we have seen the fake. But the answer to the fake is the genuine. You see, when you look in the Bible, they, they would stand up, the kingdom of God was, was a challenge. The spirit of God would raise a standard. And that standard where people would stand up and say, I will call on the Lord God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and mighty things would happen. But now for us, we just run away and we are saying, oh, we, those guys, we don't want to be associated. But we are not associated yet. We are bringing shame to the name of our God. I am beginning to think that the problem is not in our pews, but in our pulpits. Because we lack power in the pulpits. The flock has to seek for power in deceivers. If they experience the power of God in the church, if, they, if we people came to church and encountered God, had their needs met, they would not go for a second, second best because they know that their God is alive. You see, when you look at the, the, the book of Acts, the Bible says that they went around it. And we see it in Acts 1 verse 8. It says, it says that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And when he comes upon you, you shall be my witnesses. It doesn't say you shall receive power so that you may witness. That's how we put it. But it says you shall be my witnesses. You shall be evidence that I rose from the dead. So the Bible says when they went about healing the sick, they gave witness, credible evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is about time, Celebration Church. It is about time that we go back to the power of God. It is about time that we pursue the promise of the Father and say, Father, visit again in your glory. Visit us again in your power. I'm tired of believers operating in the marketplace who play second fiddle to free muscles because the demonic power in the free muscles seems to be more powerful than the power of God. We are afraid of people because they went to a sangoma. They went and invoked a sangoma. And now I say, you know, I am scared. I may lose my job. And yet it's almost as if believers. It's as if we read the Bible saying, greater is he who is in the world than he who is in us. But as we enter into our second 40th year period, may we enter into the promise of the Father. Acts chapter 2, verses 17 and 19. Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost. And he is defining what this promise of the Father is. He says, it shall come to pass in the last days, quoting Joel. Says God that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. On my men servants and on my maid servants. I will pour out of my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above. And signs in the earth beneath. Before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. So he says when I pour out of my spirit. He was not speaking about tongues. He says when I pour out my spirit. People will have encounters with God. People will see will hear from heaven just like Jesus say what I see my father do is what I do it's a vision that show you what the father is doing we as believers we must go back to that place where we hear the voice of the father that's why the bible says in revelations I mean seven times to the churches he says let him who has ears hear what the spirit is saying until we hear what the spirit is saying and move in that power and move into the promise of the father the promise that you shall be filled with power I will pour out of my spirit 
upon our flesh. We must begin to have encounters of godly visions, godly directions. Bishop has been talking about how God can lead us. But you see, some of what he is talking about would not make sense to us because we don't even know when we last had a God divine dream. We don't even know when we last had a vision. We don't even know what God is talking about. For us, the spirit is just gibberish. Shakaba, shakaba, shakaba. And nothing is happening. If we are going to be a force in the earth, we need to go back to the promise of the Father. Listen to me, church. We live in a postmodern age where we have people who are radically unchurched. We have people who have been de church. They left church, been there, done that. There's no power. There's nothing to show for it. But we need to see a demonstration of the power of God. When people say Jehovah is God, whenever you read in the Bible, any prophet of God who rose up, they demonstrated that God is God by mighty power, by signs and wonders. That's what God is saying. I am God alone. There is none other. Now we speak, but we don't have the power. You know, in Corinthians, the Bible says, the kingdom of God is not talk, but it's power. And yet, I look at my life 40 years, I've become a lot of talk and no power. So we need to enter into the promise of the Father. Am I talking to somebody? Listen to Peter as he continues with his message. Acts chapter 2, verses 32 and 33. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore being exalted in the right hand of God the Father, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you see and hear. In other words, he was saying, you know, when Jesus was raised from the dead, remember he had made a promise, and he says, when I am gone, I'm going to, pour, to send the Holy Spirit. And the Bible is clearly saying, the Spirit, the promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit. You know, we are Pentecostal, yet we don't have the Pentecostal experience. We claim to be Pentecostal, and yet you don't have the power of the Holy Ghost. You know what? Things that the people in the book of Acts used to do, they would, just, they would just say, in the name of Jesus, come out. And yet we spend most of our time. Have we noticed that in the Bible? Let, let me just, this is an aside. Listen to me. Listen to me. I read the book of Acts through and through. And, and I was looking for the way, this promise of the Father. And I was shocked. That none of the apostles ever healed the sick by praying for them. You know, our praying for the sick is because we are trying to, 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 to crank our faith. It's an unbelief. Those guys would just lay hands and say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. They made decrees. We have already been told that kings make decrees. It is time that people begin to walk in the power of God. That we just say to a demon, come out and it comes out. You don't pray for a demon to come out. You don't pray for somebody to be healed. You declare healing. You pronounce their healing. We need to go back to the power of God. Having received the promise, having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, you poured out this which you now see and hear. When the Holy Spirit was poured out, he could be felt, he could be seen, his move was evident. Now, most of us, particularly 
in our elite churches like, like Celebration Church. We, 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 we play the keyboard in a such a way that creates an atmosphere. And you say, can you feel the anointing? No, I feel the music. I don't feel the anointing. We are beginning to compensate for the power of God by our music, by atmosphere. But you see, the Bible says, when you shall receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Every time I see people, we have had an encounter with God. They are on their face down because the power of God has fallen down. But I've seen people say, the presence of God is thick here with their hands in their pocket. You have not encountered God. God has not showed up yet. But we are entering into the promise of the Father. Listen, if you look at the history of this church, great exploits were happening. People were being healed. Demons were just screaming and going out. We heard that the Chitungwisa church started with a believer who didn't understand. You are so ignorant that he didn't understand what death is. So a dead person just said, be healed in the name of Jesus. And people were healed. That was the power of God. What happened to us? But he says, you shall receive the promise of the Father. Would to God that we may enter into the promise of the Father. Acts chapter 2, 38 and 39. Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you, to your children, and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. You know, we were birthed out of the faith movement. And you know, I... I was reflecting 40 years of serving God. And I was reflecting and saying, gosh, when was the last time I had a faith goal to believe God for the promise of the Father? When was the last time I believed God and I was praying and fasting and say, Lord, I want to see some creative miracles. I want to see people saved. When was the last time as a pastor that I have actually gone before God and I say, Lord, I'm believing you for 10 people to be saved every Sunday. I'm believing you for people to be changed, lives to be transformed. But I am good at believing God for money. I'm good at believing God for my job. I'm good at believing God for everything else apart from the spiritual. We have not learned the art of going back and the Bible says desire spiritual gifts. When was the last time when you, when you besiege the heaven and say, Lord, I want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to move in the gifts of the Spirit as a servant of God. When was the last time you stood before God and say, God, may the Spirit of the living God begin to activate the gifts of the Spirit within me. We can believe God for money. We can believe God for all things, but we can't believe God for spiritual things. And yet, Peter says, this promise is for you, for your children. And to as all as the Lord, the Lord our God will call. I don't know about you, but for me, I, I, I was taught that the best way to pray 
is to pray what is on the heart of the Father. The best way to know that you are praying according to his will is to pray and pursue those things which he says are important. Now, we are talking about entering into the promise. And most of us were thinking about destinies. We are thinking about things. But you see, the thing that the Father actually promised, we are not pursuing. You see, Jesus says, you know, guys, I'm sending you to go preach the gospel. I'm sending you to disciple the nations. But he says, don't leave home without the promise of the Father. And yet we are so much in a hurry. We are living without the promise of the Father. Listen to Jesus as he was commissioning the church in the book of John. This is the great commission is, is captured by, by John. Jesus says, John chapter 20, verse 21 and 22. He says to them, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. As the Father has sent me to represent him, to be about my Father's business, the same way I send you. You don't have to be a pastor. Where you are, right where you are, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. How did the Father send Jesus? He sent him and said, Son, I'm going to send you on a mission to preach the kingdom. But you can't go without the Holy Spirit. This is my promise. So Jesus waited for the anointing of the Holy Spirit before he would move. Listen to Acts chapter 10, verses 38 and 40. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. So when Jesus was sent by the Father, the Father said, Son, before you go and represent my kingdom, before you go and tackle the devil, this is about kingdom. And kingdom responds to power. And he says, wait for the anointing. Wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. And yet we, as ministers of the Gospels, as saints, we have the guts to go without the promise of the Father. You see, 40 years of ministry, birthed in power, but we are now ashamed to walk in power. May the Lord help us to enter into the promise of the Father. So when Jesus was anointed, the Bible says he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. I mean, the, the more I look at the Bible, the evidence of the operation of the Holy Spirit is power. Tongues is evidence of the infilling, not evidence of his working. 
The evidence of the working of the Holy Spirit is power. That's why Jesus would say, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom has come. And when he speaks about the finger of God, he's speaking about the Holy Spirit. And I believe God that in our next 40 years, it will be characterized by an outpouring of the power of the Holy Spirit. We must enter into the promise of the Father. We must enter into a demonstration of the power of God because the only answer to an unchurched world, the only answer to a dechurched world, the only answer to a, to, to a postmodern world is the power of God. Would to God that you'd visit us again. L listen to me, church. You know, In, in, in the African culture, we, 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 we talk about the owl, which pretends to have horns. And it will intimidate people with these horns. But in actual fact, those horns are just feathers. Here is my question. Is the church of Jesus Christ, which was supposed to be an ego, have we become an owl? He says... In the last days, they will have a form of godliness. But they don't have the power. And yet the father said, Jesus says, do not leave Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the father. My prayer, my cry, is that we may enter into the promise of the father. And begin to walk again in the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, when you begin to walk in that power, we'll go about doing good. Pastor Tom has been talking about this verse a lot, going about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for the Lord was with him. Isn't that what Jesus said? When he said, go make disciples of all nations. As you preach the gospel, these signs will follow you. He didn't say you will follow signs. He said the signs will follow you. Remember I was talking about how we, how we have begun to build a theology to justify our powerlessness. I do believe it's true that in the wilderness, the children of Israel, they saw the power of God, they saw the signs of God. But I don't believe that when they entered into the land of the promise, they didn't see the power of God. We actually confuse two things. You see, the miracles that were happening in the wilderness were miracles where the children of Israel were passive receivers of the power of God. It was a, a sovereign. God was just doing things despite their faith, despite their collaboration. But when they entered into the land of promise, when they began to fight the battles, when they began to go around Jericho, they were participators. They were collaborating with God. They were in business together with God. So in the land of promise, you still walk in power. You still need those signs. You still need those miracles. But you collaborate with God. I work together with the Holy Spirit. We are in partnership as we do that which God has called us to do. Acts chapter 2 verses 22 and 23. 
Peter is still preaching. He says, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to by God, to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst. So Jesus was attested. Jesus was validated. Jesus was confirmed through miracles, signs, and wonders. And God is still doing the same. In the book of Acts, they give, gave witness to the resurrection of Christ by the signs and wonders that they did, by the power of the Holy Spirit. They didn't do it to demonstrate anything, but they were believing God. God. And you find, I mean, strategic salvation. You find people encountering the power of God. You find a Cornelius having a vision. You find a Paul having an encounter with God. And I believe God that as we enter into the promise of the Father, we will see people of influence who will have encounters with God. And we say, God has sent me to you. And we finish off the job by leading them to Christ and discipling them. This is the season where we should be believing God for people of influence. People who have dense networks to be born again to have an encounter with God and they come into the kingdom with their whole ecos, with their whole network. And I believe we are entering into the promise of the Father. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 and 14. You know, I used to read this scripture and I, I used to struggle with, a, with an aspect of this scripture. It just became a revelation to me recently. You know, we, we read this scripture, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse to us. And we love that Jesus became a curse to us so that we may be, we may, so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the nations. That word Gentiles is translated, is coming from the Hebrew, Goyim, which is the nations. So the nations, the blessing of Abraham comes upon the nations in Christ Jesus. But why is the blessing of Abraham coming upon the nations? It is for the purpose of the promise of the Father. He clearly says here that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So the reason Jesus became a curse and he redeemed us from the curse of the law is so that the blessing of Abraham may come upon the nations that the, we might receive the promise of the Father. It is God's intention that we receive the promise of the Father so that when the Paul promise of the Father begins to operate within us, we see the power, we demonstrate the power of the kingdom. Like I said and I say again, that you see the strength of a kingdom is in its power, is in military strength and in its economy. And yet the church has neither an economy nor the power. That's why Jesus said, you must wait for the promise of the Father. You know, I believe that in the next few years, if we press into the promise of the Father, we will see such a demonstration of the power of God, a validation of the gospel. You see, the gospel of the kingdom is associated with the power of the kingdom and the might of the king. Then the rays and the shafts of light that come from Zimbabwe to the world will begin to make sense. You know, I remember Pastor Tom saying this. He said that God spoke to him and he said, your ministry is to Zimbabwe, but your message is to the world. You see, from this little teapot country, we cannot touch the world just with our words. It has to be with the power of the Holy Spirit.
I'm tired as a pastor to sit down with the flock and they say, ah, you know what, I, I was going through stuff and because I was going through stuff, I, I really needed help and I, I, so, so I, I had to go to this uh, sango miner and I'm saying, what happened to the power of God that was in his presence in the, in the tabernacle? We can chastise them as much as we want. But we are at fault. Because if God shows up and demonstrates his power in the assembly, people will not seek the fake. Let me close. I believe in this season, both as a church. I know I was using, I was alluding to the church. But I'm also talking to you as a believer. Where you are, does your family know that there's a power that angers you? You see, some of our futile witnessing is because they, can't, they don't see power in what we say we believe. But once they experience the power of God working in and through you, then you'll see your family come to Christ. So I pray that we can enter into the promise of the Father and begin to see a fresh wave. The church was born in power. Even Celebration Church was born in power. Look at the history. Go back to our past. Explosive power. What has happened to us? As we reflect on 40 years, may we enter into the promise of the Father that we may be clothed with power. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.